0: Careful. Help him up. <laughs> That's fun right there. All right, family. How we how are we today? We've kind of already gone over this, but I'm asking again. We're all right. I like it. I like it. Well, turn with me in your copy of Scripture. Um, We're going to be traveling through the book of John uh, in three different places. We're going to be in John 13, 18, and 21. Why, you ask? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, We're going to talk about a powerful moment of restoration. A powerful moment of... Restoration. Now, I struggled with what to call uh, this sermon today. If we're going to call, if we're going to title any sermon or Bible study we do, uh, The Weight of Denial, or uh, excuse me, The Weight of Our Denial, uh, Restored, uh, Don't Abandon Hope. Pick one if you're writing notes, uh, and, and then go with that how you feel like it. Uh, repent and Follow, that would be another good one. I could go through the sermon titles or just all of the things that I've thought about this whole time if you want uh, but that would take too long, and I know, um, yes, even though Brother Greg said I had till two, um, that nervous laughter. <laughs> We're going to be talking about Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of the disciples that we know about or know enough about, I I enjoy what I hear about Peter. And the reason why I enjoy that is because Peter and I have some things in common, like that uh, open mouth insert foot disease. Um, sometimes his filters are broken, he just says. Uh, but he's passionate and he wants to follow Jesus wherever. Uh, Peter was a fisherman, uh, and then Jesus said, Come and follow me, drop your nets and follow me and peter on the spot gave up his livelihood to follow jesus jesus says follow me we read in matthew and i will make you fishers of men so you've been catching fish so you get this i love how jesus meets people right where they are and he speaks in some such a way that connects them to what message he desires to give speaking to a fisherman he says drop your nets Come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Okay. So Jesus, excuse me, Peter, drops his livelihood and follows Jesus. Now, I'm going to ask a few silly questions. I appreciate your crowd participation. Otherwise, it just feels like I'm talking to a bunch of blank stares. So help me out. How many of you have ever messed up before? Oh, I like this. So unlike some of the kids, when I ask questions, they were like, their hand was like this, you're like, yep. I don't know if you looked around in that brief moment, the hands went down pretty quick. I don't know if that was because people were like, oh, listen. pretty much, that was almost 100% of the room. So in that regard alone, We shouldn't feel alone, right? We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes, but we've all made poor decisions. Said the wrong things, done the wrong things, sometimes ignorantly, most of the time willfully. But I think about Peter. Peter was passionate about following Jesus. And where I want to pick up on his story is chapter 13 of John. So go with me, if you will, in your copy of Scripture or on your device. And when you get to 13, we're going to pause and 30, uh, start in verse 36. But before we, uh, before we begin in the reading of the Scripture, I just want to spend a second in prayer. Pray for me. Pray with me. I don't know if you're here this morning and you're like, Lord, I wanna hear from you. I need to hear from you, but that's where I'm at, to be transparent, and that's the way we should be, right? I would like to be transparent with you. I don't want you to feel like whoever's standing in front of you has all the answers, because we don't, and I'm not even gonna try to pretend, but I wanna be real. I'm ready for whatever God wants to say through this because I know, just like Peter, I've had my moments where I've denied, where I have failed, but I'm grateful for how this story ends. Amen? Those of you who said amen already know. For those of you who didn't, maybe you're wondering, well, you're in a great place. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the truth. Thank you for the opportunity to walk through Peter's life and see how he responded in real time to real struggles following a real God. Now help us as we do the same. In Jesus' name, I ask, pray, and beg these things. Amen. Now let me set the stage right here. Uh, John chapter 13 is probably one of my favorite chapters in John because this is where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And not because he washes the disciples' feet, but because of the message that is sent See, in this culture, uh, whenever someone walked, uh, came to your house, usually they were clean and ready to go. So if you asked me over, and I think we've talked about this before, if you asked me over, then I would come to your house. But before I came to your house, if you said, hey, we're going to have steaks tonight, uh, come hang out at our house, I'd be like, go team, I'm all for that. I would shower up and get ready to go. But in this culture, I would probably be walking. And I would probably be walking in the same path as many animals did. So by the time I got to your house, though I be clean, my feet were not. And so it would be custom that a servant would wash our feet. Because in this culture, uh, they reclined. So... T- For all intents and purposes, my feet would be in your face. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to smell your dirty, dang feet while I'm trying to eat my amazing steak. Well, in this particular situation, nobody had washed anybody's feet. And it says in the scripture that Jesus took off his outer robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and began to wash the feet of the disciples. So the man with the highest stature in the room, took the place of the lowest stature in the room with no qualms about it and began to wash his followers' feet. How humbling. All of them going, what in the world is happening? And of course we get to Peter and Peter's like, no, 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 you can't wash my feet. It's almost like Peter's like, do you understand that you're doing it wrong? Like, this is not your place. And Jesus essentially responds to him and says, do you not understand that this is doing it right? Do you understand your place? So Peter says, well, then wash all of me then. Wash it all. I'll take it all. He said, you physically, you're clean, you're good spiritually. That's why I'm here. To remedy that. We get to the very end of the foot washing and Jesus says, this is how you love. This is how you love. Matter of fact, Jesus says in the scripture that you, um, in verse 34 of 13, if you're wondering if we're actually gonna read text, it says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another. Now, this is not a new commandment. Jesus didn't have a brain lapse. He, he didn't like forget what the Old Testament said. He said, a new way to see what you already know is this. A new commandment I give to you that you love One another. What does he say? Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. And this is the scripture right here that blows my mind before we even get to Peter. He says, By this all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, if I don't get anywhere else in my notes or anywhere or any more text, I could pause right there for the rest of our time and say this Do people know that you're a follower of Jesus by how you love? We. Because he's speaking to believers. And what he's saying is people will know that you're a follower of Jesus. Not a member of First Baptist Church, Basoria. Not a member of First Assembly down the road or Hope Fellowship or whatever church that you go to. Although the world will associate what they see with that. Oh, man, those are those people from First Baptist. Oh, those are those people from Hope Fellowship. Oh, those are those people that begin to connect those dots. And the more they get to know you, they'll realize that your identity is not wrapped up in the name on the sign. Your identity is wrapped up on the one who changed your eternity. Right? Jesus says they will know that you follow me by how you treat each other. Now let that step on some toes or comfort, however it needs to. How do we respond when outsiders, outsiders, or whatever, yeah, people that haven't been in our fellowship, how do we respond when they walk in the door? Hey, we're glad you're here. Or is it, oh, I know them. I know where they've been. I know what they've done. And then there are the topic of prayer chains. From that point on, we need to pray for so-and-so because they're so evil. All these things that they've done. That is not the love that Jesus is talking about. Jesus just took on the lowest station of the house and washed his disciples' feet and said, do as I have done. Are you known for your service? Or are you known for your arrogance? Are you known for your foot washing, feet washing? Or are you known for your station? If you're a follower of Jesus, listen, if you're a follower of Jesus, you should be known by the fruit of knowing him. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. These are the byproducts, right? Right? Someone reads their Bible. So if that's not enough to take pause on and just marinate on for a while, Lord, is that me? Lord, where am I, where am I in this situation? Is my identity more wrapped up in my teaching position or the the? the Name on the sign or my tenure at a church. I've been here for X amount of years, so that, that means something. Is that what you lead off with when you introduce yourself? Or is it, man, welcome to our fellowship. Or we get to focus on the one who changed our lives forever. I am so glad you are here. Peter, he says, I want to follow. You called me to follow. I want to follow you. I want to follow. Verse 36 says this Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you will follow afterward. Speaking of his death, burial, and resurrection but also speaking of Peter's ultimate sacrifice of giving his life and becoming a martyr for the faith. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? He didn't get it. You ever have those moments where you just don't get it? You don't see the full picture? Yeah, me too. I'm saying me too, because I didn't hear a lot of yes. So i right. I will lay down my life for you. This is Peter's comment to Jesus. I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered him, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Now we have the ability to turn the pages. This is real time for Peter. And he's like, what? But we know, based on the scripture, because you're following with me, right? Go to 18. We didn't get very far. Hadn't even been 24 hours. Jesus said, excuse me, Peter says, I will follow you to the death. I will follow you all the way. And Jesus turns and looks at him and says, for real? Reflecting on what's about to happen. And Jesus says, before the rooster crows, You'll have denied me three times. So to this point, Jesus' betrayal has been sealed. The religious leaders have picked him up and taken him to the illegal trial that's about to go down. And Peter is following. Verse 15 of chapter 18. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the court of the high priest. But Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl uh, who kept watch of the door and brought Peter in. Verse 17, the servant girl at the door said to Peter, you also are not one of... This man's disciples, are you? He said, better believe it. Come on, y'all are following along in your copy of the scripture, right? What does he say? I am not. You're with Jesus, right? Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Nope. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. And they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. Pay close attention to that charcoal fire. Let's skip down to verse 25. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself at that charcoal fire. So they said to him, you also are not one of his disciples, are you? And he denied it and said, I am not. What happened to I will follow you into death? Not but a few hours earlier. I am not. I'll tell you what's happened. People showed up in force and took Jesus away. Shook Peter to the bone. Verse 26. One of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. That happened earlier too. I would read that if are you. Uh, Did I not see you in the garden with him? And Peter again denied it. And once and at once, what happened? A rooster crowed, "Whoa." So Jesus says, "You want to follow. I get that." But I'm going to tell you right now, this is what's about to happen. You're going to deny me three times before you hear that rooster. Now we usually hear roosters in the morning. we don't know what's going on or necessarily what time, it was late in the a.m.s, but a rooster crowed. Peter had done just as Jesus said, denied. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was uh, Peter, I would be triggered every morning from that point on every time I heard a rooster crow, I would be triggered. I don't know about you, but if I just denied my savior like blatantly, openly to the masses, not once, not twice, but three times in a short amount of time, and that was the call sign to remind me of the prophetic, prophetic excuse me, foretelling, every time I heard that, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. It would be a painful and humbling reminder. Would it not be? But it doesn't end there. And I'm grateful that it doesn't end there. I hope that you are too. Let's turn over a few pages to chapter 21. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection has occurred. Not a matter of fact, he has already shown himself to the disciples three times, and we find ourselves in twenty-one, starting in verse three. Peter saying this, Simon Peter said to them, "I'm going fishing. I'm going fishing." They said to him, "I'll go with you." They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. How many of y'all are fishermen in here? Fishermen? Fishermen? Yes, yes, yes. We have some hands raised across. Men and women alike. I don't know about you. I am not a fisherman per se. I I have some friends who love to fish. If you want to call it fishing, they just like being in a boat away from people. (laughs) That is their escape. They just love to be out there. It's the water, and they might catch something, and that's really rad. And sometimes it's a keeper and sometimes it's an eye, but oh well. What was what is Peter's livelihood before Jesus said, Follow me? He was a fisherman. So here he had been through the ringer. He denied Jesus three times. Then he watched his Savior crucified. And though Jesus had appeared, something's still not right with Peter. So what does he say? I'm going fishing. Maybe he just needed to get away. Maybe he just needed a reset. He needed to go back to what was familiar to him. And in verse 4, Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, No. And he said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Here are these master fishermen. They've been doing their thing all night long. Caught nothing. And this guy on the shore... Hey, do it a different way. Probably the same way you've been doing it all night long. One side, nope. That side, nope. This side, of, let's go to this little uh, part of the water. Nope, let's go to this alcove. Nope. nope, nothing, nothing, nothing. Then Jesus says, cast it on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they did it. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. Verse seven, the disciples from Je- uh, whom Jesus loved, John, I said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped from work and threw himself into the sea. Now, this is not the first time Peter's been in a boat um, and then got out of it to go see Jesus. As a matter of fact, we read in Matthew, I believe 14, where, where Jesus is walking on the water and Peter says, If it is you, call me out to you. And what does Jesus do? Come on. Let's go. So he gets out of the boat. Similar situation is is, is not if it's you, call me. No, as soon as they figured out it was Jesus, what did Peter do? Bye. I'm out. I'm just gonna go see Jesus. What does he say in verse nine? Oh, sorry, let me back up a little bit. Uh, Verse 8, The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. In verse 9, When they got out on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Peter went aboard and hauled hauled the net ashore, uh, ashore, Uh, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said in 12, Jesus, uh, excuse me, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them. And so with the fish. And this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Now, in John chapter 18, the first time, the second and third time, warming, warming his hands with a fire, the scripture says what? That it was what kind of fire? It was a charcoal fire. And when it gets out of the boat to go have breakfast with Jesus, the scripture makes note that it was a Charcoal fire. This is the only two times in all of Scripture that these two uh, the, a charcoal fire is mentioned. What is happening here? You don't think that in the night like what Peter had with a denial of Jesus, that smells and everything else attached to it were tattooed on his brain. He gets out. I wonder what was going through his mind the first time he smelled that charcoal fire i imagine it was just like every time he heard a rooster from that point on it took him back it took him back to that moment maybe that's why he wanted to go fishing i just want to go fish now listen there's a little bit of conjecture here i'm wondering i'm not saying this is how it is i'm wondering as i'm and as i'm a spectator to this story i'm wondering i can only imagine what is happening with peter in this moment but Jesus has set the table all too familiar. What is happening now? Peter can't get away from it. So Jesus and Peter have a conversation, and it goes like this verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. He said, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Son, I mean, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. What do you think was happening there? How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. How many times did he say, do you love me? He has taken him back to the scene. This is where denial has happened. You said you would go on to death, but instead you denied me as I said you would. But I am not leaving you there. I've taken you back to this moment for a reason. So you can remember not only where you were and what you did, but who you are now and where you're going next. Verse 18, truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you to where you do not want to go. Verse 19 says this, he said, to show by what kind of death he was to, be glor- to, to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, what? Follow me. Follow me. When Jesus walked up to Simon Peter as a fisherman, he said, lay down your nets and follow me. When Peter was having a conversation with Jesus in in chapter 13, he was saying, I want to follow you. Oh, you want to follow me? Yes, I know you want to follow me. Where I'm about to go, you can't follow, but you will. You'll follow me. And then, in the midst of what was me, what have I done? How can I come back from this? Jesus said, Do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then let's walk through this moment where you are restored for every time that you denied. And let me do you one more favor and remind you. Dare I say, reinstate you and say once more follow me. Follow me. Ladies and gentlemen, church, family, saints and saints, the call is there by Jesus. Follow me. He's calling out to you and he's calling out to me. Follow me. We, we read in the scripture that Jesus says, if anyone would follow me, he, he should what? Deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now, when he spoke that to those who were following him, they didn't have a picture like we have. We know exactly what that means. Jesus took up that cross, that shame, and bore it for us. For all we know, that when Jesus said it to them, they're thinking, take up, like the Romans, like the Romans make people do when they're being executed? What? Take up my cross. About what? We know that means follow Jesus even unto death, at least in this vessel, right? I love what Jesus did with Peter. He could have shamed him. We're good at that. We do that. Oh, you messed up? <laughs> You're always going to be a mess. You're always going to be a screw up. I'm sorry. You'll never amount to anything. You can't serve. You can't be. You can't teach. You can't do. You've messed up. Not me. Or at least no one knows. Right? Jesus knows. And he calls us to love each other in such a way that when people see us, they know we belong to who? Jesus. Jesus. Period. Jesus takes Peter through this process of restoration. And he reminds me of what Paul says in Philippians 1, that he who began a good work in you will what? It will complete it. Have you messed up today? Yesterday? Have you messed up, period? Have you denied Christ? Repent. Lord, I'm sorry. I do love you. Thank you for not leaving me. Thank you for your restoration. Because what happened with Peter is the nature of Christ. And then that's how he loves you and how he loves me. Do you think you're too far gone? Do you think you're too far gone? Jesus can't forgive me. Do you think you're too far gone? Well, if you think you are, tell that to the thief on the cross. Who in the midst of dying, a deserved death, declared who Jesus was, and what happened? Today, you will what? You'll be with me in paradise. We judge, we shame, we belittle, we hold back. Jesus restores and calls us to the original calling, which is to follow him, amen? That's good news. Is it just me this morning? That's good news. We can be restored. Those around us can be restored. We have hope. We have hope for what's to come. We have hope that he who began a good work in us is faithful to complete it. He didn't just call Peter back to following him. He called him to be the rock of which his church would be formed. Where others would have written him off because of what he did, Jesus says, "Nah, we didn't come this far to stop now." Maybe you're here today and you think, "Lord, can't use me." The Lord can't use me. Come on, I'm going to ask you very nicely to stop stiff stiff arming the Holy Spirit. Yes, he can and he will. Let him. If you're here today and you've been walking with Jesus, continually take comfort in knowing that he's not done with you yet. There is hope. Even in the moments where we deny, he restores. Now, Peter is going to have to live with that rooster for the rest of, entire, of his entire life. Don't we need humbling reminders from time to time? I know I do. If you know him today, rejoice that he's not done with you. If you don't, there is hope, and he's calling, follow me. As the praise team comes, we're gonna walk into our part of the part of a service, or just the response part of our service, and you have an opportunity to respond whether that's coming and praying here at the altar or I'll be down here to pray with you. Or maybe you need to grab a friend and say, hey, will you pray with me? Or maybe you just need to declare to the church, I want to know him. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior and you're the only one who saves. There's nothing else that can save. Save me. Come into my life. Make me brand new. Second Corinthians five seventeen says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a a new creature, a new creation. The old is gone and the new, the new has come. There's hope, there's hope, there's hope. If you know him today, continually be agents of hope. If you don't, answer that call. Stand with me, let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the reminder through Peter's life. that regardless of what we've done in our past, you can restore. Lord, I ask right now that you give us the boldness to respond to whatever it is that we need to respond to. Whether that be repentance or or grabbing a friend or, or just having a moment of saying thank you. But whatever it is, Lord, I ask that you give us the boldness to step out and do what we need to do.